I'm Jim Wills, and this is the Art Unknown Podcast, where we feed your soul with art. In our own way, every human being is kind of creating their own masterpiece of themselves. Experiment, explore. Don't be afraid to to be yourself. You have to live every single day to the fullest because you don't know when you're going to leave. Art elevates our lives everywhere. Art can really touch a person. You need to be open to be touched by it. All right, this week on the podcast, I'm super excited to talk to this incredible international artist. Her name is Sofia Zolesi. She is from Chile, originally born in Viña del Mar, now called Santiago, Chile, her home. She is a visual artist, but she is internationally recognized, has, has exhibited all over the world in Austria, Madrid, Italy, France, New York, Dubai, of course, her home country of Chile. She is an incredible artist, but as a professional artist, has only been in the art business, if you will, only been in art career for two years, but has had a lifetime of painting and creating art. And she's the newest member of the Art Unknown store, which of course we'll talk about. I'm so excited to welcome Sophia Zalezi to the podcast. Sophia, welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time. Hi, Jim. Thank you very much for this invitation. I'm really happy to be here with you in your podcast. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I start off every episode asking the artists that I talk to for an inspiration. So, of course, it can be anything at all, whether it's a book or quote or visual artist or music or movie or whatever, something that you carry with you throughout the day that inspires you. Uh, what kind of inspiration do you carry? Sure. For me, it's uh, definitely nature. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate nature a lot. Like I, I grew up in a coastal city, so grew up with the ocean or, well, now I live surrounded by mountains and I really can feel the energy, like the everyday energy from nature, whether I'm going on a trekking or just um I don't know, driving to school, looking at um, what surrounds me, really inspires me and fills me with energy. It's not a, it's not like a, a direct uh, theme that I use in my work, but really fills me with energy. Nature is something that I get a lot from from artists, not just visual artists, all kinds of artists. And I, I mean, it, it definitely is an inspiration for me too. Living in nature or getting out into nature. I never grew up in a big city. But it's always great to get out into the mountains or, like you talked about, to the sea, to the ocean and experience the never-ending sound of the waves. I love that. <laughs> but you said it doesn't really in- inspire your art as much. Is there something specifically that inspires you in your artwork? Well, it is, but indirectly. Like, is is the motion that, that generates in me what mm. I try to to put in my work? It's... It's pretty much uh, emotions and feelings and connecting with that inner world that um, connecting with the present, really. So yeah. all those emotions, it's my, my work is about that and mm-hmm. the movement mm-hmm. and the, um, the body movement that when you create art and how that represents uh, an intention 
and every line is different from another one and each line is saying something different so they communicate at the end it's like a, a dialogue in between all those lines representing these emotions I don't know if I, I was very clear with that but something like that yeah well sure it's your it's your truth it's your it's your inspiration so absolutely and your your work is really neat you paint abstract work which we'll get into more but what what I really love about it is how it's kind of you have like sort of multiple techniques within your art which we'll talk about but before we do I would love to get more of your story so tell us a little bit about your becoming an artist um, I talked in the intro about how you started off life as an engineer and that you sort of had a career you you've also been a housewife which we didn't mention in the intro but you have to raising two kids and You've only been a professional artist for two years. So if you don't mind, give me a little bit of the history of your life in, in the arts. Yes, well, it's been a long way until I, I get here. Right? Sure. I, I've been painting my whole life. Really, I was eight years old when I took my first oil painting classes. And wow. since, then, since then, I never stopped. Um, my grandmother was a painter. Oh, wow. So it's in the blood. Yeah, I, I can remember all those afternoons at her house. And he was like teaching me. I, I wasn't just painting as a kid, like having fun. She was really teaching me how, how to paint oh, wow. and teaching me the techniques and using real oil paintings from her. And then at school also, I had this great teacher. He was an artist and he, he like um, kind of uh, took me and, and get me into into contests and things. So, uh, he encouraged me a lot. Uh, when it, it came the moment to decide what to study, I went for engineering. At that time, I wasn't sure. I liked uh, many different things. And of course, maybe my, my parents also encouraged me to study engineering. Maybe it was a better <laughs> choice than art. Uh, I was happy with that at that time. It was a uh, product design. So it was kind of industrial design. So I was connected with this uh, creative part as well, like creating products and services and um, solutions. So sure. all that creative thing was great for me. I like that. Are either of your parents an engineer? Uh, designer. Designer. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My father's a designer. Yeah. A designer. Yeah. So I had that similar experience was pushed into engineering basically because my father he was an electrical engineer and he was like I was a music I was a percussionist and a musician and he was like oh you can't make money at that like you need to become an engineer <laughs> so you know no, no I don't begrudge my parents I'm sure you don't begrudge your parents but you start off in that engineering obviously you're now an artist so how did what well, talk about that transition yeah I, I wasn't happy at all like I was working and uh, but I knew that wasn't for me like being yeah. all day at the office, I uh, I was like, I can't do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> Definitely, I can't. But um, you feel kind of pressure. Like, sure. uh, well, I have this degree, like I, I have to work, I have to uh, create money. Uh, so looking for to do another thing, then I became a teacher. So I went from the office to the classroom. And so I was a bit happier, like, okay, this is more dynamic. I was being creative with my classes, with my students. I really liked that. But still, uh, there was something missing. Like, of course, I was painting at the same time, like trying to, because I didn't have much time to paint. Painting for yourself or... or... Yeah, just a little bit. So I always felt I needed more of that. 
Like I was missing that the painting as a kid or as a teenager when you had time for that. Then sure. uh, you, you you grow up and then you start working. And in the middle, as you mentioned, I, I, I had my uh, kids. So while I was teaching, I was raising my kids. So I didn't have much, much time to paint, of course, but I was painting yeah, yeah. just a little bit. Then I, I just took some um, classes, kind of a classes or, or mentoring with an artist at okay. some point. So I started painting more fre frequently. And I said, okay, I, I really want to do this. Like, I want to give me the chance to um, at least try it, to paint like uh, and, and try to become an artist. I talked to my husband uh, and I decided to quit uh, as a teacher working mm. in the school and took only uh, like, how do you say, like private classes or personal classes, like okay. at the afternoons, so I could sure. paint during the morning. Okay, that happens two years ago. And while I was just starting like creating my Instagram account and um, doing that, I was contacted by uh, a Spain gallery. So I was just starting, but they say, we like what you do. Would you like to exhibit with us? I wasn't so sure at that time. I was really uh, scared of what was uh, what what I was doing, like quitting oh, my really? job, yeah, yeah. Uh, giving me the chance to do this is something I really wanted, but it's something that really scared me at the same time. Sure, of course. All these years, I'm gonna be able to do this. I didn't start. I didn't study art at university, so how I'm going to to validate myself to the world? Like uh, all those things, all those. Thoughts were like, I don't know, didn't make it easy for me. But I said, okay, if this uh, gallery has contacted me, um, well, let's go. So that was the first time I exhibit my work. And that was two years ago. Two years ago. So before the, really before the pandemic. Just before. This was January uh, 2020. <laughs> Like literally, <laughs> yeah. They contact. Uh, they talk to me like at the end of um, 2019, and this happens on uh, January. And after that, it was it was like, wow, I really need to try this. That was like the um, the moment I was starting, and that said to me like, okay, I have to try seriously. I I really need to do this. At that time, I exhibited my word. I didn't sell anything. But it really uh, was kind of a sign or, or, or something that said to me, you have to do this. You have to try this. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of things you said there that I want to touch on. One, the first thing is you mentioned your husband. You talked with your husband. And I think he's obviously very supportive of, of you. And I think that's really important, especially for people who have, it's you know totally different for people who are single. But I think even a single person needs to have a support system in place and the fact that your partner encouraged you to take this leap of you know he had a probably a leap of faith in you that you didn't have you know you even said you were scared you didn't you had maybe imposter syndrome we call it where you know you think that you're not as good as what people are saying and you're like oh you even said i never had formal education in the arts so that's totally understandable but i think that validation was when the gallery contacted you and said, hey, we would like to exhibit your work, which I think is great. Let's touch on that or talk about that a little bit. You said you started an Instagram account for your art a couple years ago. Do you know how the gallery found you? 
was it through like hashtagging or something like like it's pretty wild especially because you're a chilean artist and then a gallery in madrid you know halfway across the world found your work and said hey we want to exhibit your work i'm not really sure <laughs> like i started my instagram <laughs> account i mean it was through instagram yeah definitely yeah. through instagram yeah but uh, i had a small account at that moment of course mm -hmm. i was using hashtags I was uh, like trying to grow my Instagram account at that time. So I don't know, but they, they reached me through Instagram. Yes. Instagram yeah, well, has been really important for me during these two years. I mean, that's, uh, that's how I reached you as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we use Instagram to contact artists through the store uh, or for the store, but also when I'm just, just general for artists, I've talked to musicians through Instagram and I, for musicians, I use other services too. Like I'll hear something on SoundCloud or through Spotify or something like that. But for anything visual, fashion designers and things like that, like Instagram, and that's the that's sort of the medium of today. I mean, I mean, maybe that gives our age. We're not we're not young. I don't do TikTok, yeah. <laughs> so you know, we're not 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 age group. But Instagram has really become the tool as a way to contact and communicate. I think that's really cool, and I think that's really important to mention as far as like a especially for a visual artist, the power of Instagram as a visual media. Of course, Facebook and, you know, YouTube videos and all that stuff, I guess, are important too. And you can choose your, you know, social media platform to focus on. But it's awesome that it that, that was very instrumental for you, posting on Instagram and then a gallery coming to you and saying, hey, we'd love to, love to exhibit your work. And you've exhibited in many places. When I, in the intro, I mentioned... Austria, Madrid, Italy, France, New York, Dubai, one, two, three, four, that's six, seven places, uh, seven different countries around the world that you've exhibited. Are any of those places that you've exhibited places that you've reached out to or were they all places that reached out to you? I think they all reached, reached me. Like, you know, since I started, this really has a, like kind of flow for me. Yeah. I, I, I've definitely focused on um, having my Instagram account working and it's been it's like part of the job sure sure for sure me, like it needs time and you need to keep posting and growing your community and uh, uh, yeah that's been really really important for me and for my during my career my short career but yes i've been uh, with this uh spain gallery then there is a chilean gallery that takes chilean artists to different places in the world so i oh, went wow. with them yeah i went with them to dubai recently this year and and to new york i mean not me but my art your art sure 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 yeah have you gone to any of the countries that you've exhibited at that your art is exhibited at yeah um it wasn't planned like this but i went to to dubai this year in march okay. so yeah i had the it, it was a great experience to be there and it was also a, a really interesting um, place and city to to discover. So I had the, the opportunity to be there and it was a great experience and to show my art over there. I also sold an artwork there. So it was a pretty amazing experience. Ah, congratulations. Now you worked as a teacher it, and you've been an artist, full-time artist for two years. If you don't mind me asking, has your, your, your income through art, has it uh, reached or exceeded what you're making as a teacher at this point or are you still still building that uh, i've already um reached 
what I was making as a teacher. Oh, that's, 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 but that's fantastic. I'm, I'm kind of uh, investing a lot right now in my art. So I'm still building up that stability. Sure, sure. You can say that because as an artist, you only have this kind of uncertainty. Like, um, But yes, I've reached that, but I'm still like investing, like participating in different things. I don't know. Well, of course, you invest a lot in in, in materials and and good quality uh, materials. Absolutely. I I recently moved into a studio. Oh, congratulations! So I'm still uh, like growing and uh, building this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I scrolled all the way to the very beginning of your Instagram, and the art that you have posted in early Instagram posts is that your art or? Yeah. It is. Oh, so your art is. My is... Art. Your art has definitely evolved over time. When I first, because I see you have some portraiture in here and a, some sort of still life or sort of like like uh, realism in some of your artwork. And now it's your art is full abstract, 100%. <laughs> but that, that uh, paintings that you see there are the ones yeah. I made when I was really, really young. Oh, wow. wow. Oh, are you yeah. serious? Wow. They're amazing. They're amazing. So I put everything together in there when I started my Instagram account. But okay. since I started like two years ago, it's always been abstract. But when, oh, when okay. I was learning or when I was taking courses, um, I, I, do, uh, I did all those more figurative or realistic, I don't know, uh, paintings. Sure. But now it's fully abstract. And what mediums do you use? Are you like acrylic on canvas yeah mainly acrylics so i i do a bit of mixed media so i i mix the acrylics with the pastels or a charcoal or okay. or maybe a bit now i'm doing a bit of collage like gluing a couple of things in, into the painting but sure. it's mainly mainly acrylics okay yeah, yeah, yeah. in canvas or on paper both exhibiting in these other countries did you send your artwork or was it just digital exhibits? And then if someone wanted to purchase, then it would be shipped off. Is that how did that work? Yeah, I sent them. So this was at the beginning of the pandemic. So and also I didn't mention, but one of the galleries that contacted me at the beginning was Singularity. I don't know if okay. you have heard it, but Singularity is like an online platform from Paris. OK, and they they sell. Uh, all over the world it's a really big uh, platform so they contact me just before the pandemic so it was a really good place for me to be there uh, during the pandemic so my art was reaching different places through this uh, online platform yeah yeah if someone wanted to buy an artwork i sent it physically afterwards okay so you had the online platform and what what was the name of it again the in 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 paris Singularart. Singularart. Okay. And so they they also represented your work. And then if you had a purchase, you would send it directly to the the the, the buyer? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Great. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Because I think like I, I kind of uh, started like the other way around. Like I exhibited my world uh, in different countries, not in my country. Yeah, I started... Yeah selling outside in different places. So I sent to Germany or um, Holland or different places. And then like I started to to sell here. Like uh, then uh, after that, I started to get uh, a lot of commission work. 
Oh, wow. By, by Chilean clients. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, doing commissions during this time. It's been like, a, yeah, fun. <laughs> so the, the pandemic, you started like right before the pandemic making this move in January. It sounds like the pandemic was actually really beneficial to you in the way that like everything was shut down, you couldn't travel or whatever. And, and the fact that you were contacted by some galleries overseas and they were able to exhibit online and show your work to their clients locally, even though you weren't there or your artwork wasn't there, was really a great way for you to, I mean, if the pandemic hadn't occurred, you might've started out trying to exhibit your work in Chile, you know, and, and locally. So this was a really actually interesting, I think, like kind of a beneficial, as, as, as tragic as COVID-19 has been, for you as an artist to spread your art around the world has been kind of really, really beneficial for you, don't you think? Yes, it was. It was so well. I didn't know that at the beginning, so I was a bit scared because I just took the decision to to step into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that uh, March, March w was when here in Chile we we started with the lockdowns and yeah, okay. So in that March uh, was when I was starting with my personal classes when I decided to quit uh, my other jobs. So it was March. When I was, okay, I'm ready to start with this. I'm going with, uh, to try to be an artist. I'm not teaching anymore. And then pandemic. So I was like, <laughs> wow, what am I going to do now? So maybe it was the wrong time to make this decision, this big decision. But at the end, it was, as you said, like, it was really beneficial for me. Like, I, I was contacted by this um, online gallery in February. So I was like ready to start uh, selling online when this came to me and I, I, yeah, I showed my, my work to different places. And then something happened that people being at home, they wanted to make their homes uh, prettier or, or change things. And they wanted to decorate again. So many people contacted me like, Oh, I want a big, I want a big painting for this uh, part of my house. And, I, that's why I started with these uh, commissions because people wanted new art for their homes. So that was another part of the pandemic that I think that also was beneficial for me. Yeah, that's great. The pandemic, like I said, is, is as much of a tragedy as it was. I think that it it sounds like it really benefited you to to really spread your artwork internationally. Another artist that we have on the Art Unknown store, John Bacon, he. Similar to you, he had a whole nother career. He was an orthopedic surgeon his entire life, and then, but was always kind of into painting, and, and he decided to sort of explore painting as a profession after he retired as a surgeon. And he had a similar experience where he was contacted, I think even from a gallery in Madrid, he was contacted through Instagram, to, and his artwork spread that same way. And he had a similar experience with the pandemic of like, I'm just displaying my stuff online. The galleries are, are displaying online because they're all closed or you know very restricted as far as being open to the public. And it, it really boosted his sales, which if you don't want me asking or talking about, I wanna talk about how you price your art. I think one of the most interesting things about you as an artist is that you're international, that you have in two years, which is amazing, has have been able to sell your work in different countries around the world. So people buying your art aren't just buying in like Chilean art at Chilean pesos, you know, shopping there, but also you have to price your art to other countries around the world. I guess the first question I want to ask you 
Is your art priced purely by the galleries? Do you set any of that price yourself? And then is the price consistent? Like if I were to buy a Sofia Zalesi piece in Chile, would I pay the same place comparably if I would in the US or if I would in Dubai? Do you have to price your art differently for depending on where it's being sold? Okay, yes. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been a challenge to price my art. Yeah. Yeah, and what you say, yeah, it's been hard, especially at the beginning, selling around the world. And at the beginning, I, I didn't understand the market. I didn't understand the, the prices uh, or anything. I, I always try to be consistent, yes. Um, so I use a US dollar as a reference, and then okay. I convert to different currencies, right? And uh, at, at first, I just uh, tried with a, with a price. Usually, I set my price, and the gallery uh, recommend a, a range, and that's really okay. useful because, of course, the gallery has experience and uh, and they know their, their clients and they know how they sell. So that range uh, is always and was especially useful at the beginning. For example, I remember sure. this first Spain gallery I worked with. I had no idea how to price my art, and I asked them, uh, "Can you give me a range?" And at that time, I said I sent to them a big artwork, and they told me, "Well, you can sell this uh, somewhere in between like one thousand to three thousand dollars." And, and uh, I was like, "Okay, that's <laughs> that's a wide range." <laughs> it sure is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just started low, just started low, and then start uh, trying. And uh, by the time when I was having more experience and uh, more I started to sell more and having more exhibitions. Of course, I was um, uh, like making my price a bit higher. Do you think that came with confidence? Like, I appreciate this. They saying, "Okay, well, you can sell it one to three thousand dollars." I would have done the same. I mean, that is a huge price range. And so, being a young, like newer artist, you said, "Well, let me start here towards the one thousand dollars." Do you think that that increased as, as your confidence increased? Like, let me see if I can sell my art for here. And then you did. And you went, well, that's great. Will people pay 2000 Will they pay 3000 You know what I mean? Like, as you became more confident about your work, is that also, did, like, did your prices kind of meet that confidence, I guess, is my question. Yes. Yes, of course. Because maybe the, the quality of the artwork is, is as good as it's, uh, it, it would be in, in, in more time. I mean, the artwork, mm -hmm. is, the artwork is good. But I, when you start, you don't feel you can charge more because, of course, you don't have the experience. Right. And at the beginning, I felt like, how am I going to charge that amount, like big amount, if I don't have the experience? Or as I told you before, maybe I didn't have the like university studies or all those kind of things. Sure, sure. I, th I think that, that confidence, you get it with time and it's definitely an important point to start charging more. Yeah. So do you stay in the same price range regardless of whether you're selling in Chile or in the States or in Europe? Like, do you stay with, try to stay within that range as far as your pieces on a per size basis? Like say if you're selling a one meter square piece, would it cost the same in Chile as it would in the States or in Europe? Yeah, I try to, I try to, even though when sometimes galleries charge a different percentage or um, I try to, to stay in the same 
to be consistent because I think that's fair to clients around the world. Even it doesn't matter sure. if you buy my art here or in another part of the world. I think it's fair that uh, you have the same price. Your price is worldwide. Yeah, you're like you're like Apple in that way. <laughs> Apple products cost the same. An iPhone costs the same here as it is in, in the United States. And it, I guess this question for me is really important. Being in a country right now where the economy is much, much different than the United States, and so you can live here for much less money than you can in the United States at the same sort of socioeconomic level. So a painting of comparable size and or sort of quality, talent, look here would be much, much cheaper than in the U.S. because you're selling it to this local market and they're accustomed to paying less for things. But I love that you have that attitude of like, well, it's the same worldwide. We're all the same worldwide. And if you're going to like, you don't go to one collect country to expect it cheaper because the price is the same. I love, I really love that myself. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I'm still like uh, discovering a lot of things, but that's what, that's how I like to do it. Like, and maybe yeah. that's why also, and maybe that's not that good. I'm selling to the same countries. Or, or more or less to Europe always, or uh, maybe not to not reaching other countries. I don't know, but well, I'm still learning from this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so currently, what's the range like a current one meter piece would go for right now? Uh, well, of course, it depends on the size. Sure. But sure. I don't know from one thousand to <laughs> to three thousand. But I mean, a big big piece would cost three thousand dollars. A big one, okay. and but I mostly sell around one thousand dollars. That's the, the price okay. I most commonly sell. So you're still in that range, but you're slowly kind of moving up for. According to the art. size. According to the size. Okay, great. Yeah, awesome. I'm guessing now you don't have quite the imposter syndrome that you did at the beginning. <laughs> uh, yeah, still a bit. <laughs> Feeling confident. <laughs> you've done some shows. You've done some shows locally, even. Now you did a show recently locally when we first met. Um, you were doing a show. So you obviously are getting more confident about your work. You've exhibited all over the world, which is phenomenal. Congratulations for that. I think that's really great. Thanks. In increasing your prices, how do you decide, oh, I should charge more. It's time to raise my prices. It's, it's a, well, it's been a journey. So yeah, that sure. imposter syndrome you say, yeah, it was quite uh, strong at the beginning. And it's been a whole process like to get this confidence on my work, really by the time you're selling more and you're working with more galleries and and you're exhibited more your work you you start getting at least in my experience you start getting more confidence and then yeah yeah like gradually i feel sometimes i need okay i should be charging a bit more and and you start comparing a little bit with other artists uh, that are similar to you and that has a similar uh, experience and you say okay yes now and and you start getting more experience so uh, as, as you get more exhibitions um, I feel suddenly I feel I can I can charge a little bit more and that has uh, and you notice that you can sell uh, in a higher price so I am kind of a uh, trying <laughs> sure 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 experimenting you know you, yeah experimenting yeah you, you don't really know where your upper limit is until you hit it you know i'm charging you know you said a thousand dollars 
per square meter. Oh, I'm gonna charge $5,000 per square meter and no one buys. Then you, okay, I gotta bring the price down a little bit. I think the way you're handling it is really, really smart to, to just sort of get more confident in yourself and in your work and more confident in, you also mentioned commissions and how you've had some commissions. You've had people asking locally, also internationally, or was has that just been locally? Mostly locally, mostly locally, but also internationally as well. Yeah, yeah. And do, do you keep track of the people who buy your paintings? Like as a collector, this is a collector of my work. And if you do, how important is that to you? Do you continue to reach out to them and share new work to them? Uh, no, I, I don't do that really <laughs> today. No, okay, no, that's like, fine. It's <laughs> a good idea, yeah. <laughs> I just sell my work. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I ask sometimes for uh, some photos if, if they have um, sure. and keep a couple of um, conversations with them, but yeah, yeah. not in a longer uh, period of time. But, okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll use those collectors and that's a free, that's a free for me to you. <laughs> free advice. Yeah. So the, it's, you know, it's funny because my wife is an artist as well and she had done many pieces initially or sold many pieces initially and didn't really keep track of who she was selling to. And I, I don't, I, it probably wasn't me. Someone said, hey, you should really keep track. And I think it was actually someone who came back around and said, I love this piece. Can I buy another? And and came over to she had we had a studio at our at our home and came back to look at her work and I was like keep track of these people because they're important especially the ones who you know they like you said the pandemic was you know really it was great for artists in that people were home and they're looking at their bare walls going I need to put some art here <laughs> and so to get for people to buy art during the pandemic to cover those walls that they're staring at all day long when they're locked down at home and then say wow this is great let me add something else and let me see what else this artist has. So I think that's really, really important. So start keeping track, girl. It's important. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I should do that. And it's, and it's so true because it has happened to me twice that a collector come back and ask yeah. for another commission. Yeah. Yeah. See, there you go. Yeah. I, I, I will definitely do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. And I mentioned the Art Unknown store, and I'm so thrilled that you're going to be an artist on the Art Unknown store. Really, really great. And I, love to see the work of really fun art on our clothes it's it's just been really a fun ride for us if you don't mind talking about that for a little minute what made you decide to join us and 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 just talk about talk about that yeah first of all thank you very much for that invitation i think it's a really um great to be there at your store and you know what i i think as an artist you have many many possibilities and, and different uh, kind of artists, if you if you can say that, that, that you can become. And you can choose, and I'm really open to possibilities. Today, you can be like the very traditional kind of artist and work only with galleries. And if your goal is to exhibit only in uh, maybe in museums, that's perfectly fine. But I think that today we have many possibilities as artists. And you can be uh, completely opposite, like a freelance artist and manage yourself. You can manage all your business and work in different collaborations like this and sell in many different ways, or maybe a mixture. And you can work with galleries and you can make exhibitions and you can also try different projects. So I think showing your work in different ways is is a great way to show your art. And for me, it has 
nothing wrong with it as an artist. On the opposite, I think it's a great opportunity. Like, why not? So yeah. really happy to be there uh, and, and be part of your store with my oh. art. Well, thank you so much. We're very excited to, to have you as a the, the latest artist at this point during the recording of this, our newest artist on the on the Art Unknown store and very excited to see where your art goes. We can't wait to put your collection together and, and get it online. So thank you for that. Thank you for, for joining us. I, I do talk to a lot of artists or reach out to a lot of artists who I like, who I think would look, their, their art would look really great. And as we talked before we started recording, some are very, like you even said, some are very traditional. My art belongs on the wall, not on a t-shirt or a yoga leggings or whatever. And, and I always go back to the idea of if we didn't have art on these other products, most of us would not like take, take Van Gogh, for example. Everybody knows, has seen Starry Night, whether they know the name of the painting or they know the artist, everybody's seen it on a poster, on a t-shirt, on a print, you know, wherever. Because, and I think only because, it's those other mediums has it spread around the world. Back in the day when these these older artists, first, all they had was the art on the wall in a museum or in a gallery. And the only people that would ever see it were the people who went and visited that museum or that gallery. And that's great, but it's only going to get you recognized to a certain audience. And to be able to spread your art in a different way. And now we have NFTs. Uh, are you in the NFT world at all? Have you explored that? Uh, just uh, exploring. I created yeah. one, but uh, okay. I didn't pursue it. But yeah, 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 yeah. It's a whole, I mean, and that's a whole nother genre, and it takes a lot of energy to do that too. So, but that's another great way to to get your art out there and explore. I think so. I really applaud you for taking this step with us. So hopefully, it'll be really great synergy between us, and can't wait for that. Let's, if you don't mind, let's get a little deeper into the conversation about art. Something I always love to ask artists is why we should care about art why we should care well i think this is um uh, it's a way of uh, expression that's uh, that that we need to like for artists it's so important to do it as for people it's important to to perceive it i don't know how to say it very well but uh at least from my art I always think it as an energy form, like it's energy, like it's um, something that we need as human beings to to step out a bit of our daily routines, our daily lives. Like we need some uh, moment to uh, to look a piece of art and just look at it, you know, like um, and feel it and disconnect about the rest of the world for a while. And I think that's super important today. Yeah, that's great. I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's totally true. And something that I think a lot of people, it's like it's easy for people to connect to music or to movies as, as an art form, of course. But like for visual art, some people are like, ah, I don't care about visual art. And there's so many different types of visual art just because you're not moved by one type, like say you're not moved by abstract or you might be moved by, you know, more traditional art or something different. And so visual art really has that same ability to to move us and to connect with us so yeah i applaud that what you said there was a huge piece of wisdom <laughs> what, do, what do you hope to give the world as an artist i know you're you're still new you're only two years in as a professional but you've had some really some really great success which is really phenomenal but as an artist what do you hope to give the world it's related to what i just said like 
I think my artist, I wanted to be really positive, like positive energy, like as my art is about emotions and feelings, um, mm -hmm. I really, I really try to connect like myself with a deeper a positive and emotions like and, and when I create art, I connect with that. So my art is is about giving the world that kind of energy. I feel it like that. So I really hope like if some someone look at my art uh, can connect with that kind of feelings and vibrations and energy. So and we need that uh, and, and we need to connect more with um, positive energy and, and, and high uh, vibrations and high frequency energy. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The high vibration. I think that's really, it's funny that you should say that. I mean, obviously there's some synergy between us and I think that's probably why we connected and you were like, yeah, let's do the Art Unknown store because I, that's part of our mission with the Art Unknown store is to spread that art, but also to, to, to bring joy to the world through art. And it really does, I believe, raise the vibrational energy through through positive art well let me ask you this your early work you said you posted on early instagram you had a lot of portrait type work and more realism in your art why did you choose to kind of go 180 degrees and do abstract it's just something i felt i don't okay. have many i know my answers like kind of emotional feelings <laughs> and but it, it is really like that like it's a need I have of, of expression. Maybe I don't know how to express this in a different way. I, maybe I don't have the words to say some things and I need to express uh, this way. Like it's, it's, it's kind of a need really. So at, okay. at some point I didn't want to uh, do a, a realistic um, painting or a figurative painting. I just needed to, to spread this um, emotions somehow. So it's just that. And I started like trying and trying and trying until, of course, you, you start trying with compositions and colors and um, connected with these emotions. And it just happened that way. Yeah. Yeah. And you even said your art is, I mean, naturally, the art evolves over time. You said now that you're you're starting to add mixed media in in the form of like, what I forget what you said exactly, but like objects, you're adding stuff into it and not just with different types of paint medium but also objects of different sorts it's like i i led myself to explore i need i i i really think we need to to be like as an artist like exploring all the time and evolving all the time and uh, uh, yeah you can see maybe in my instagram that recently i had many like um monochromatic paintings and with gray and black and suddenly it's full of colors and it's I, I let myself to flow with this emotions and suddenly I felt I need to paint with lots of colors. So I started doing it. At the beginning, I was so like, no, I have to, to stick with one thing to, to have this pro my proposal with my art statement. And I have my art statement, of course, but in there, you have many possibilities. Like, sure. um, so. I led myself to to flow a little bit with that and keep exploring. Now, looking at through your Instagram, which, by the way, just for people listening, is sophiazolezzi.art. And we'll have a link on our site. It's sophiazolezzi.art 
or ZZ if you're in other parts of the world. <laughs> in one of your pictures, it looks like your studio, you have some unframed canvases, just, just flat canvas, and then you have your large pieces are in framed canvas. Do you paint on both? Um, do you paint on just a raw canvas and then frame it or? Yeah, yeah. I used to paint only in um, pre-stretched canvas, right? Like Stretched was the word I was looking for. Yeah, uh, but I started to paint in this um, in the canvas uh, without the frame because of commissions. For it was a project with a Chilean gallery who was working with a um, gallery from United States. So the artwork, the, uh, these artworks were traveling, so it was easy for them to send them in a roll. So they asked me to do it like that. So now I do both because uh, it's easy to store them. They they don't use much space in the studio. But sure. at the same time, it's different when you paint, when the canvas is stretched or is just the canvas itself is it's really different. So I do both. Yeah. How, how, how long does it take you to do a painting? Is it something you do in a short period of time? Is it something that you stretch out over days or weeks? No, usually weeks or months. Yeah, it's really. It's, uh, yeah, I know sometimes abstract art looks like you throw the painting in there, the, the paint. <laughs> And it's it's re it's like ready, but no, for me it's kind of a long process. Um, sometimes I leave the painting aside and start with others, so I can observe it and feel it for a, for a couple of days, and then I take mm. it again and continue, and then leave it again. So it's like it's not a it's not always the same, but usually one month for a painting. Wow. Okay. Do you paint every day? Yes, every day, every morning when my kids are at school. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. Yes. And speaking of kids, I want to do a little thought experiment with you if I can. I want you to think ahead. Uh, let's go into the future, say 20 years or so. Your, your kids, you said, are six and four. So they're out of the house. They're at university or they have their own lives or married, whatever. And you've been painting now for 20 plus years. What kind of words at, would you want if you ran into yourself 20 years older what kind of thought would you like to have your older self tell you today my older self to me uh yeah. guessing like during these 20 years i've been painting and i've been really successful like <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Of, co oh, of course yeah. actually yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Not like you're divorced and homeless and on the street. You've been a very successful artist. <laughs> Would be a different advice in that case. <laughs> right. Don't follow this. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just trust yourself. You know what to do. Like because oh, in the inside, I think we know, but there are a lot of thoughts and. Um, I always struggle with um, maybe what, what other people will think about this or I don't know how to manage this. Or, and my advice would be stop thinking about that. You know what mm. to do. So trust yourself, something like that. Oh, that's brilliant. Trust yourself. Yeah, that's brilliant. And we, we've talked many, many times during this conversation about the imposter syndrome. Yeah. How do you feel today versus when you first started and how have you gotten over that feeling like, oh, I'm not good enough or to sell this or whatever? Like, how, how has that process been for you? What, what has enabled you to say, yeah, I am good enough? It, it, it's been a, 
it's been a process yes and a, a really conscious process yeah like it not just happened i've been saying to myself like okay why do you think this why do you think you're not good enough you're doing well so i i i really um been like i kept saying to myself look what you have done look at this like mm. <laughs> yeah it's been good so you're 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 doing well like it's really been like a conscious process um looking at what do i fear what are my fears what, what why i don't know and and working on that um, yeah yeah i think all my career has been a lot of, of a, a personal journey and that personal journey has been what i've been doing in my art as well so yeah i think i think that the sort of if i can encapsulate that i think like celebrating your successes I think it's really important, especially for an artist, because I think a lot of us as artists, when we first start, have that imposter syndrome. And there's a chart, and I don't remember, oh gosh, what it's called, but there's a sort of graph of like, you have a couple of early successes, and you're like, oh, I'm fantastic. And then all of a sudden, you realize you're really not as good as you think you are. And then you're like, oh, I'm actually really not that good at all. And then it's that slow climb back up the hill to, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am good. I am talented. And I think that's really important. What you mentioned is is sort of to reiterate that to yourself, to celebrate the success. I did sell art. People do like my art. There's other people who want my art. How important for you is it to have other people recognize? I mean, do you care at all? Many artists just paint for themselves and they could care less. And some artists are like, yeah, I want other people to like my art because I'm doing this as a career. I can't just survive on, you know, paintings alone without selling them. So for you, how do you feel about that? Yeah, with it's others. a good question because, of course, you want your art to be recognized, but at the same time, I'm caring every day. I'm caring less about what other people uh, think about my art. You know, oh, if they great. like it or if they don't like it, I don't care much as I cared at the beginning. And I think that's that's good because I know my art is not for everyone, and you have to know that. And of course, there are going to be people that don't like your art, and that's fine. But there are other people that will like it and, and they will connect with your art. So just trust in that and not caring that much on what other people think. I think that's I think that's beautiful. I mean, with almost eight billion people in the world, there's got to be other people out there that connect with your art. You know, there's going to be someone, at least one other person that that <laughs> goes, wow, this really connects to me. And there's probably hundreds of thousands of people, you know, that 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 are touched by your art or moved by your art the same way that you are. And I think going back to your earlier statement about the vibrational energy of like you're, it's really sounds like you're sort of instilling that in your art when you create, when you paint, it raises your own vibrational energy. And then that is reflected to someone else when they see your artwork and say, wow, yeah, that's what this speaks to me in a certain way. And I think that's really, really powerful. I do believe uh, what, in that. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you, what do you think holds people back? I We know what held you back, or at least what the fears you had at the beginning, but what do you think holds people back in general who want to become an artist and do what you did, but are afraid to take that step? There are many things that we don't know when we start, but that's natural because that's something we have never done before. So maybe they, and it happened to me at the beginning, like it holds you back that you want to know everything before starting. So you want to learn how to sell, you want to learn how to uh, talk with gallery, you want to learn how, how to 
uh, I don't know, many things you don't know at the beginning. So that holds you back because you want to, to know everything and you won't. Mm. So you just, <laughs> you just need to jump into it and you will figure it out in the way. Uh, that's what I think. Oh, that's brilliant. And uh, there's, a, there's a saying that every master was once a disaster. You know, meaning that we all start from the same place of we don't know anything about anything, you know, when we first start. And I think that that fear permeates everybody and especially in art. And uh, you're totally right. You just have to put it out there. And of course, you're going to have the fear, but do it anyway. And you will learn along the way. You'll learn how to talk to galleries. You'll learn how, you know, you'll make mistakes and you'll learn from those mistakes. And I'm sure... Let me ask you this. Is there a mistake that you made that res that sticks out in your mind of like, oh, well, I now I've learned from this mistake that I've done? Well, of course, during my paintings, not not every painting is as I expect it to be. Uh, <laughs> so sometimes you're even afraid to to paint because you, you're, you're going to mess it up. So, yes. So many times I, I've been painting in. I mess it up and uh, you can um, do it again and you can do it all over and sometimes I don't know you you buy all these expensive materials and you don't want to waste them but at the end those waste of materials is that are making improving you as an artist so uh, I think we need to make those mistakes have you ever been painting and, and at some point in the process gone, oh my God, this is complete garbage. I need to start over and, and started fresh. Have you ever had that experience? I always use those, I don't know, mistakes or when I don't like the painting to take another, uh, like another, I don't know how to say it, uh, but every line or every color I use, it tells me what to do next. Even if mm. I like it, or if I don't like it, then okay, I have to do something different and I start. No, I, I, I think I've never started all over. I always use that same painting to transform it again and again and again until I get what I want. I think that's also something that people, artists, especially young artists are afraid of, of like, it's not really a mistake. Like you just said, you'd create a line that you don't like. I can paint over it in a different way, or I can make that line do something else that I want to do to flow differently. Uh, I know there's a lot of study these days on, on classical artworks, and I read a thing about the Mona Lisa, and they've done these sort of x-ray analysis of, of the, the canvas and have discovered there is like a couple different versions underneath the current version that we see today. And it's, I think many artists, uh, most artists have probably done that where they painted, they're like, this is garbage, or I don't like the way this is going, let me change it or let me start all over and paint over it. There's another famous painting that I don't remember. It might be a Van Gogh. And there's a completely different painting underneath that the have recently discovered. Like he just painted over it and started fresh again. <laughs> so I think that as a message to other artists, like we shouldn't be afraid of making mistakes on our art because like you just said, mistakes are just, uh, they're not really mistakes. It's just a, a realization of, hey, this is not the direction I want to go. Let me change it and try something new. And it's part of the of the process. It's part of the creative process. Now you get new ideas from those mistakes, and and you can create from those mistakes. I think it's part of the process, definitely. Yeah, for, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Sophia, I really appreciate you sitting down and chatting with me uh, and taking the time. And gosh, I can't 
so excited to have you on our store and um, we'll provide information for all of that uh, in the in the in the links but if people want to get a hold of you uh, what's the best way is it through Instagram yes it is through Instagram okay Definitely. yes and so I want to go over that again Instagram your your IG whatever it's called is Sophia Zolezi art dot art s o f i a z or z o l e z z i dot art people can get a hold of you but you also have a website don't you yes I have it's uh, Sophia Zolesi dot com Sophia Zolesi dot com and you know something I didn't do I'm gonna do that right now while we are chatting is have you ever done this and googled yourself. Uh, yes, yes, I have. <laughs> you can find me well, definitely I, on Google. Yeah. How how common is your last name in in uh, Chile? Is it a common name or? No, not that common. It's not that common. It's an Italian name actually. Is it Italian? So is your husband Italian? Uh, yes, yes, but here in Chile, yeah. I don't use my husband's uh, last name. So it's from my family. Okay. So my family came from Italy a uh, long time ah. ago. Yeah. Okay. Okay. My wife didn't take my name either, so that's totally fine. <laughs> I just googled you, and your name, Sophia Zolesi. All I just typed in was Sophia Zolesi, and boom, you own Google. First is your website, then there's pictures of all of your work, and then Instagram, and back to your website, Facebook. So, yeah, if someone wants to find you, just please Google her name, Sophia Zolesi, and she will come up. She owns the name and owns the Google, so that's fantastic. As we wrap up, are there any last words that you want to share with the with the Art Unknown audience? No, just uh, say thank you, uh, Jim, for this invitation, uh, for this chat. Thank you for your time. And I'm really excited to be part of the store. So we'll be in contact. And thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you for sitting down, Sophia. It's great. I, I want everybody to check out your work. And of course, go to the Art Unknown store and check, check out her, her collection there. And uh, yeah, thank you. Great, thank you. The music for this episode of the podcast is the song 14 de Noviembre, 14th of November, by the incredibly talented Chilean musician Jose Del Pino. Stay tuned for an upcoming episode featuring Jose. And in the meantime, check out his music on Spotify or wherever you listen to your music. Now that the episode is over, head on over to the Art Unknown store to check out Sophia's artwork. That's artunknownstore.com. And as always, podcast listeners, you get that discount. Oh yeah. Just use the discount code AUPODCAST10 when you check out for 10% off that sweet, sweet merch. Once again, that's artunknownstore.com. I am Jim Wills, the host and producer of the Art Unknown podcast, and I am thankful to each and every one of you for listening to this episode and all the episodes. Now let's get out there, spread some happiness, take care of one another, and of course, feed your soul with art. <laughs> <laughs>